Hello and welcome back to the Exposure Ninja Extra podcast with myself, Jess Percival, who's a digital marketer at Exposure Ninja, and the very wonderful Tim Cameron Kitchen, who is our founder and CEO. Very, very exciting. We have a few fun little topics to fill you in on today, which are interesting, but will also hopefully help you with your own marketing. How are you doing today, Tim? I'm doing very well, thanks, Jess. You've put Kim Kardashian on the agenda, so I'm a big fan of that. Long time Kardashians watcher, so I'm here for it. Learn something new about you every day, Tim. Um, yeah, basically, we found out recently that um, Kim Kardashian's Skims clothing brand, I would call it a clothing brand, has been valued at $4 billion. Um, based on a recent funding round. And I thought that was quite impressive. It kind of feels like it has been around a little while, but it definitely feels like within the past sort of year or so, it's really, really taken off. And I know what people are thinking, and we had this when we talked about Kylie's makeup brand as well, is that people straight away go to, oh, well, they're celebrities, so of course their brands do well. But that is not always the case. You can be a celebrity, launch a brand, and because it doesn't match your your audience or, you know, your positioning isn't great, the product isn't great, then you're not going to get anywhere. Um, whereas I think the Kardashians, it seems to be that they work with people who have great knowledge when it comes to this kind of marketing. But I'd love to know your opinion, Tim, since you've kind of already sort of interested in this world. <laughs> well, yeah, I've got a lot of respect for the Kardashians. Uh, from a business perspective, and particularly Kim, she's such a yeah. I think she's she approaches business in such a, a an open-eyed way. Um, but this, you know, valuation at four billion raises a lot of eyebrows, and a lot of people. You're right. A lot of people are skeptical about it. They say, "Yeah, oh, it's easy for her. She's already famous and stuff like that." But I mean, that's a little bit like saying life is easy for Cristiano Ronaldo because he's already a famous footballer. She's winning in a space which is incredibly competitive. One of the most competitive. Uh, sort of uh, uh, fields of play out there really just trying to be famous for fame's sake um, and they do have a run of very successful businesses I think there are some really good lessons here for anybody um, even if you're not famous and you know you don't need to be Kim Kardashian to make the success I think that actually potentially the real story here are the people behind the brand um, so there's a there's a couple um Jens and Emma Gleed, who are also behind uh, Kim's sister Chloe's Good American, um, sort of a plus size denim company. And they're basically ex marketing agency people that spotted they could piggyback on famous people's brands to create, you know, new, new, um, new companies to sell to their audience. They did it with Good American, it's worked very well. And now they're doing it with, with Skims and it's working incredibly well on another level. And this sort of partnership approach really, I think, is is core to Skims. Obviously, there's, you know, there's some great digital marketing. And like you said, there it's pretty solid, whether you're looking at it from an e-commerce conversion rate optimization perspective. You can look at their social media strategies, pretty good. Um, SEO, not too bad at all. Um, you know, they're doing a lot of the the sort of digital marketing basics well. But they're also ruthlessly using partnerships everywhere they possibly can. And both sort of formal commercial partnerships, but also informal partnerships. They're using any opportunity they can to get this clothing in the hands of people who are famous and who have eyeballs on them so that they can 
use those eyeballs to, to increase their own brand. And this is what the Kardashians do so well. If you watch an episode of the program, they're all drinking Kendall's tequila. They're wearing Chloe's makeup. They're wearing skims. Like they are so good at just getting their product out there to people. And um, I, I think there's loads to learn from this. I think you, a similar sort of, we see a lot of the direct consumer success stories like um, the Udi and stuff like that use a similar similar approach really so i don't take anything away from kim this is all very well earned i'm just totally here for it <laughs> absolutely yeah and um i think it's important to know i we spoke a while ago about a celebrity brand i think it was a smoking brand called houseplant i can't remember who the comedian was who ran that brand but it was really interesting every time he posted about it whether that was i think it was on their company instagram Every time he posted about it, it was just tons and tons of comments of people saying that's too expensive for me. And that shows that there was a product and audience disconnect, whereas it feels very much like the Kardashians go, okay, what do people like about us? They love Kim's like figure, right? That's what they're obsessed with. Let's sell a product that promises other people that they can get Kim's figure. It's like with Kylie. She was all about the like her lips where people were obsessed with them. And then she built out a brand from there. With Chloe, you said that she's running a plus size brand. She's sort of out of the sisters. She's kind of the one who seems to have been a bit more like comfortable in her body, at least outwardly anyway. And then she's created sort of more of an inclusive brand. They're all very, very connected. Whereas I think, was it Seth Rogen who did Houseplant? Yeah. 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 For me, I wouldn't connect smoking and him together. Not at all. I don't think people are looking at his his comedy or his movies and going okay I want to buy smoking products from you um so I think as much as yeah as much as you can be famous you also need to understand your audience and have a really really as skims does has a really clear audience really great positioning you know they use their channels really really well with a social first vibe which is kind of what the Kardashians are like in their own personal branding um They've got really, really great email marketing and they use scarcity marketing as well, which Kylie does. A lot of things sell out. There's a lot of demand for things, which um, are all just great marketing tools for these kind of D2C businesses. So yes, having Kim's face on it is really helpful, but it takes more than that to create a great brand for sure. Yeah. That's a great lesson about influencer marketing in general, isn't it? It's one thing to just get someone famous to talk about your thing, but how much more powerful if the product that you're selling plays into the core of what people love about that influencer? You know, is that authenticity is such a sort of meaningless buzzword, but that's one thing you can say about all of these. Possibly Kendall's tequila doesn't fit in that, but, you know, they are selling products which are seriously authentic to what they're known for. Um, and that and then that means that when they're promoting it, it feels very natural because it's not like, hey, you should buy this because I'm selling it. It's you should buy this because, hey, you always ask me about this and here's, yeah. here's what I do. Here's, here's, here's the solution, really. Absolutely. Yeah. If you are thinking about um, reaching out to influencers and getting into influencer marketing, definitely pay attention to their audience. I know that I've reached out to influencers in the past who very honestly um, rather than people who would normally just take the money and promote the thing have said, you know, that's quite expensive for my audience. My audience's average income is far below that. And so I wouldn't feel it appropriate to promote that, which I thought was really noble. I'm not going to say who it is, but it really like put them higher in my, you know, in my opinion. And I think, yeah, just keep, just keep that in mind. 
as well as you could get with the get a deal with the biggest person for the most money but it could absolutely be a flop because they're just not the right person um speaking of i don't know where i was going to go with that speaking of social media apps perhaps that are a total mess maybe um twitter now known as x is offering 50 percent discounts on ad packages it seems to be trying to get advertisers interested in the um in advertising on x since a lot of people have in fact dropped off <laughs> and um so it definitely seems that they are they're trying to bring people back on there's also stuff that's happening in terms of with some advertisers like i think samsung was one of them the official x like big account which used to be at twitter is now at x um have like been retweeting the campaigns apparently elon's also been doing that um just to boost a bit more like get a bit more reach for those ads and it kind of adds a little bit more credibility doesn't it as well to um to the products but apparently they're threatening to remove the official check marks for brands if they don't keep up their regular ad spend which is just ridiculous the amount of times a day i get contacted by accounts that are pretending to be brands is is way higher than you might expect especially if there's a giveaway happening you'll get you know all these accounts following you who are just the same name but with an underscore or a you know an at or something just a little bit extra hidden in the middle um i'd love to know your thoughts on this tim like do you think there's opportunities here for marketers because i actually do think there's some kind of cool opportunities here well i i feel like you called this weeks if not months ago as soon as the advertiser exodus started you were saying in every podcast this is going to be an opportunity if you're looking for underpriced ad channels go where everyone is leaving you know be the one who runs back into the burning building um and that seems to be exactly what we're playing i think it's, it does come across a little uh a little desperate so i think they've got to be careful not to cross that line this is like the opposite of Kylie's lip kits selling out in minutes isn't it this is you know, Kylie's like, oh, if you buy a look kit, I'll come around your house and apply it. This is definitely not a good look as a long-term strategy. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. how it pans out. The bit that I've been most interested in this week about the whole X Twitter rebrand is the SEO fallout. So of course, if you're rebranding, you're changing your name, you have to have a big plan for your seo if you're going to be changing your domain name you've got all those sorts of considerations you've got to think what you're going to do with the old branded search everyone's going to be searching for twitter and all that type of stuff um just looking today looks like uh twitter has changed their page title to home slash x which if you're an seo geek like we are you'll know that adding home in your homepage title is the least useful thing you could possibly do you're not trying to rank at home at all um and twitter doesn't seem to rank or x doesn't seem to rank for x um and it has a big job on its hands to try and rank for x because the search results at the moment are very confused there is a lot of news around x but it also google also thinks that x is a film which it is um and it's got reviews for that it's got well it's basically a page of reviews for the the film x uh with xbox as well so this is like a warning for anybody who is considering a rebrand that the seo team or your agency needs to be looped in like really early otherwise the organic traffic that you're going to be getting is going to go through the floor luckily people are going to still be searching for twitter and they'll still find it because it's ranking for twitter but 
you know, it's, it's a complete mess. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely be careful. I know there was a big kind of ordeal with um, Kia cars where the way they changed their logo made it look like it was the letters K and N. So people were yeah. Googling KN cars, but it turns out they actually, they managed to rank for that um, because they kind of addressed it and they managed to rank for KN cars. So I thought that was, that was a really good way to handle it. But yeah, if you are, have a brand that's called a common thing <laughs> um, yeah. and something that's used quite frequently, then you could, you could run into some challenges um, just based on the topic we were speaking about earlier on our live recording of the podcast, Daisy's left a comment saying, Seth Rogen example was interesting. I feel like having a brand about smoking is actually keeping in with this character in the films rather than him outside those plot lines, which is very interesting. I guess it's one of those where there was a hunch and maybe he didn't do or his team didn't do enough research to make sure that the demand was actually there among his audience potentially. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's quite interesting. For yeah, sure. and Dale mentioned uh, The Rock creating a tequila brand. Everyone seems to create a tequila brand, don't they? Like Ken like Kendall as well and um, uh, 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 George Clooney and all these. I think there's a, a bunch of big exits around celebrity-led tequila brands and then yes. everyone's agents were like, hey, we should do a tequila brand, whereas it very rarely feels authentic to do something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting. Up next, we want to talk about the Google earnings call because it feels like the Google I.O. conference happened and it was very like, bam, here's all the cool stuff that we have coming. Uh, we're just going to go work on that now. Uh, you can try it a little bit if you want, but we're just going to go quietly work on it. Um, but it seems like there's a lot of positive noises coming from Google. Like, of course, there's going to be. Especially because, on an earnings call, right? Yeah, especially on an earnings call. But it seems like the things that they've suggested are coming in the future also show that things are going well i'll leave it up to you to talk about this tim because i think you have way more knowledge of this earnings call than i do so it'd be great to hear well, your... yeah, I, I, I dug through the earnings call for a powered by ai video um which we've published so it, it was it was really interesting obviously they're keen to hype up everything that they're doing and everyone is keen to mention liberally how much they're using ai and how, how big ai is going to be in their future because that's what shareholders want to hear but um, Sundar, uh, Google's CEO or Alphabet CEO, um, did give some sort of updates on SGE, which is Google's generative AI in search results. And it's at the moment, it's in like pilot stage, I think. So it's not even in beta. It's not really out for most people. You have to go and sign up as a, as a tester to even get access to it. And only then for us in the UK, we have to be on VPNs us vpn so that we get access to it so it's not out there and and they're not claiming it's finished at all but sundar said that user feedback was very positive so far on sge which is interesting it's kind of what you'd expect um him to say but it, that's definitely counter to us particularly most in the world of seo who spend all day looking at search results where sge is mostly rubbish um open plagiarizing you know, inaccuracies, long, unordered uh, answers. You get things that you should be able to click on instead of clicking on a company's name and going to their website. You click on it and you get, a, a you know, an image of their logo. It just feels very, very half finished. But apparently people are loving it. So um, that's cool. It does mean that they're, you know, he, he was very clear that this is the direction that things are going. And this isn't just an experiment, which they're going to test and then just quietly can it. 
this is definitely something that they're working on. And um, I think the the timeline for rolling out was at some point later this year. Also talked about, there are a lot of questions about how uh, a lot of the shareholders were asking about how um, they were going to monetize it and all that type of stuff, because that is obviously a concern. And he was very keen to emphasize that the fundamentals of search haven't changed, i.e. people make commercial searches looking for things to buy or companies to buy from, and SGE will be serving those sorts of answers. And we've seen more examples out in the wild recently of ads appearing in SGE, whether that's you know listings to companies or whether it's shopping results or sponsored um, SGE. So we're seeing it sort of develop a little bit. I think the most exciting thing about all of this, though, was more mention of Gemini, which is Google's kind of next level AI project. And he emphasized again that Gemini was going to help them reimagine search. Now, we expect this is Google's Magi, Megi, Megai project, which we spoke about earlier in the year. Uh, where they are expecting a completely different type of search engine. Gemini is multimodal, which means it's trained on images, videos, uh, voice, text, and can potentially output all of those things as well. Um, and it seems to be, it, it seems to be, it, it's, it's quite possible that Gemini will be a different league from GPT-4 and potentially the sort of thing that we can't necessarily imagine based on what we've seen large language models do already so the implications yeah. for business and the implications for search are quite difficult to comprehend because we don't know the capabilities of this thing but it is expected that it's going to be a step beyond what we're used to seeing and the timeline for this is anywhere between a few months to but certainly by the end of the year they're expecting this to be rolled out and open ai is actively preparing for Google to drop this and they're expecting that they're going to have to run, I think was their word, um, to work on the next generation of what they're doing in order to, you know, keep up with this. So it does sound very exciting. Indeed. Yeah. I think the main thing to take away from this is just because the AI hype has calmed down doesn't mean that you should be ignoring it. Um, because yes. I think there is a lot of exciting things happening. Like we've said before, the hype has died down. Now the real work begins. So the things that are going to stick around are going to stick around. So it's really important to pay attention to big players like Google and just see the type of things they're doing. I think it's very exciting. Like you said, we can't even kind of envision what this would look like. Like I don't think any of us kind of predicted ChatGPT um, or that it would behave in the way that it, it does or that we would be able to do with it what we do. Um, yeah. We're always finding new things to do with it every day. So I think, yeah, keep an open mind and prepare for things in search to change a bit. Yes, for sure. But I think it was in going back to the earnings call and what Sundar was saying, he kept saying the fundamentals don't change, like the fundamentals yeah. of search don't change. And I think that's really important to keep in mind. Like we're, we're in the world of SEO, in the world of search ads, we're sort of trying to prepare for a future that we don't really know what looks like, what it looks like. And that can feel quite unnerving and a bit concerning but you've just got to remember at the end of the day people are going to be searching for your products or your business and you need to make sure that you're being found there and that fundamental is not going to change sure they might be asking an ai tool which is then going to make a recommendation in a slightly different way to how search works at the moment 
you're still just going to be optimizing for inputs and outputs. You're just going to be taking the information out of your business and arranging it in whatever format needs to be online in order for those tools to recommend your business. So the basic goal of SEO will not change. The need for SEO will not change. The need for advertising will not change, but it might just be that we're working with different processes and the search results page looks quite different. So the fundamentals are going to be there, but um, if you're a chaos lover like me, then you are pumped <laughs> right now. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I don't blame you. It is it is really exciting and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the future. So I have one more story to talk about, which is kind of a funny little one to finish on. So there was a recent digital PR campaign, which was from Visit Iceland, but I would say you wouldn't initially know it was. And what it was, it was like a homepage um, that was kind of advertising a service, wasn't actually a service, where a horse could do your out of office emails for you. So if you would get an email, a horse would walk on a giant keyboard and respond to the email. And it was there was kind of the advert is very kind of tongue in cheek. You know, they're showing the horses sending these absolutely dire nonsensical emails and then the voiceover saying, you know, they're really well trained in sending these great responses. Um, and at first glance, you know, it's kind of just when I saw the homepage, I was like, what on earth does this have to do with Iceland? And then when I watched the video, it was very, very clever, showing a lot of different professionals on holiday in Iceland, getting annoying emails um, when they hadn't, I suppose, put that out of office on. Um, and they were all in these beautiful locations, you know, on mountainous walks and in hot springs. And it turns out that these these horses are a huge part of, they're a huge tourist attraction in Iceland, essentially. Um, so they took something that they know a lot of people experience, which is they obviously had a, had a direct target audience, which was like professionals who go on holiday. They took a common problem professionals have, which is being contacted um, when they are on holiday. We don't have that exposure ninja, just want to let you know, very good work-life balance. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but it kind of targeted these people and created a really funny video, which, I mean, I really liked it and I'm still talking to people about it even a week after I've seen it. Um, and, you know, on that landing page, it has more information about the horses of Iceland as well as some of the locations they showed in the video. Um, but it was a fantastic landing page. You know, they've got three different horses for you to pick from to answer your emails um, based on their personalities, you know. Um, and it was just a really, really unique thing. It was really, really fab how they took a really common problem and combined it with a unique part of their product offering, essentially, which is the horses and then combine other parts of their products into the video by showing people in their locations, you know? Um, and I just thought it was it was really cute and really cool. Um, and it, it obviously is quite a big one and would have taken a lot of work to put together, right? You know, they had to, they had to train the horses to walk on the keyboard, essentially, um, which isn't for everyone. But there's, don't be afraid to think outside the box, is what I'm saying, is that yeah. as long as you can find a way to connect it backs your your business and your product in a good way then do have a great adventure like digital pr should be fun it should be something that the everyday person sees and wants to share with with people around them you know like i wasn't really i had never considered iceland as a holiday destination came across this pr campaign watched the video saw some of the stuff you could do there and perhaps get out of office emails while you're there um 
And I was like, this actually, I feel like I would want to go on holiday here. So it did, it works. It was, I was the target audience and now I want to go on holiday there. Like it completely worked. Um, and I think there's a lot of, a lot of exciting opportunities. And we think that digital PR is going to become even more important yeah. um, in the age of, in the age of AI. So if you're not already leveraging it, you really need to. Tim, what are your thoughts on this campaign? I don't know if you'd seen it before this podcast or not. I, I hadn't um, seen it, no. Um, you, another, another joyful corner of the internet that you've introduced me to Jess um I I, re I really like it I think so one of my issues with some digital PR campaigns is that they're so detached from the business it's almost it's it's pointless and, and you know that can be useful if you're just looking for it to get some news coverage so you can get a link but this is one of those campaigns that I think is more on the PRE side of digital PR rather than just the pure link building side but like you say, Iceland really is the start. It's sort of the backdrop for all of these. It does make you think about holidaying in Iceland. They've timed it, you know, at the time when people are thinking about holidays. Um, and they've got a cute, popular angle, which what's not to like, really. It's um, it's it's super smart. I love it. Do you, do you know what sort of numbers it's doing? Is it? Is it I have no idea. Off? I didn't have a look, unfortunately. I was just so enamored with it. It's Fair got play, like, yeah. this is where it's, like, it's got ten views, and they're me just showing it to people. Um, yeah. um, oh no, it's 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 doing all right. Yeah, it's, it's got some. Uh, it's getting some links. This is cool. This is cool. So, all right, Jess, if you were, if if you were gonna distill the sort of formula here to why this thing has has taken off, what do you think are the principles? So I'm I'm listening to this, or I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, all right, I want to run a digital PR campaign for my business which does well here what are some of the keys to this going well versus something that just dies without a trace do you think yeah they were really clear on their audience which they they wanted to target professionals um and i thought that was sometimes it's tempting to try and target everyone but i think then you have so many ideas and it's so broad that you can't distill it down um yeah that was that's the first thing the second yeah. thing that I had in my brain that's now left <laughs> it was well, a really good point just just to follow up on that though oh no, that I'm makes sense because they're also targeting a, a potentially a higher revenue audience like Iceland isn't necessarily the cheapest place to go so they're not just saying you know this is an alternative to you know Magaluf check out these crazy naked Iceland cocktails or anything like that they've actually yeah. chosen an audience that they want and that sort of fits with with Iceland. So um, absolutely, so I, yeah. There's there's more to that audience targeting than might meet the eye. I think. Yeah, and they. So one thing that they benefited from from having such a targeted audience was that they could pull out a very specific pain point um, that maybe people have they have in their everyday life, but they also potentially have when they're going on holiday. Like, oh, I, can't, I, I don't have the time to go on holiday because who's going to handle my emails or something? You know. And I think this was kind of one of those things where they're like, it's not life or death. A horse can answer them. Chill. <laughs> um, but also it's just pulling out one of those pain points, right? Is being bothered on holiday and not feeling like you can you can shut off. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's another thing that really just just did really well. But then they used the horses, which is a part of their offering essentially, combined everything together and sort of made it fantastic. And yes, a great element of this is the the cinematography and stuff like but it's essentially just product photography right like if you're selling yeah a little product you could also create something 
fun and show off your product in a way that kind of connects with with the digital PR. Um, right. And I mean, try try and make a bad looking video in Iceland, right? There's, exactly. This is, what, exactly. What we're saying about Kim K and Skims, right, or, or Kylie and the lip kits. This is selling the core thing of your product, making sure that the, the core thing about your product is front and center in your promotion. They're, what they're not showing here is like some horses like sit in a McDonald's in Iceland. They're, they're, right, what's the thing that people love about Iceland, the landscapes, right? So we know that that's the given, that's the thing that we're really going to be selling here. And then they sort of, I guess they reverse engineer from there, don't they? What are the angles we can play with, given that yeah. we want to make the landscape the, the star hit? Yeah, I think they really knew what things they wanted to promote. You know, they they wanted to promote the horses. They wanted to promote the hot springs and the the walking trails. And so they included them. And that's the thing as well. It's you can create stuff that's targeting your whole product range or your whole service range. Um, but they were very smart to pick something very specific and, you know, put them as the stars. Because then it meant that on their landing page, which Tim, perfect timing on their landing page they could um sorry we're getting some odd comments today <laughs> on yeah. their landing page <laughs> i think we've been shared oh. on some reddit yeah or something yeah yeah <laughs> third time third time's the charm on their landing page they promote the things that are featured in the video so the more you scroll down yeah. the more you can see you know you see about the horses but then they show you the things to do so i think they have like yeah they have the horses they have stuff about why it's a top destination for summer. They have things about, um, you know, around Iceland. I think that is in 24 hours. So they have these really great little, like, the ways that they're tying it in, um, which I think is is really, really cool. So, Steve's, yeah. Steve's just commented saying these videos are from a year ago. And there's actually reference to 2022 on this page. Yeah, we I may, just spot that. We may actually be a year late to this campaign, which I actually... <laughs> I don't well, think it's a bad thing at all because what you like ideally, right? Your digital PR campaigns wouldn't just have a spike and then death. They would actually have a bit of a tail to them. So it looks like that is actually another vote for this being a fantastic piece of work. Yeah. And talked about. it's something that's interesting is I came across it in an email. Um, so it wasn't from, from these people. It was like, marketing brew or somebody like that or daily cta so i came across it in there and thought that's really cool so it must be that they they uploaded it and sort of shared it last year and then it's kind of having a second wind maybe they've repushed it for the summer season and they're reusing it potentially which is pretty fun um but it's just that's another thing that's so important is it has longevity you know maybe it popped off back when they first released it and it's getting traction again i think that's that's really cool as well because they put a lot of money behind this, right? You know, they got a film crew out there. They had to build this entire, watch the behind the scenes. They built this entire keyboard, working keyboard for the horses. You know, they actually recorded the horses typing live. Everything you see in the video is actually the horses. Um, and so they, it's not a cheap campaign. And for me, I think it's so important that it does have that longevity and they can use it year after year. Like this for me is an evergreen campaign. They could roll this out. It's like the Coca-Cola ad. They could roll this out every summer or whenever they have a high tourist season and get some yeah, more yeah. eyes on them. So yeah, I think it's very easy to jump on current trends. And I think that is a really effective way of running a digital PR campaign. But don't be afraid if you're like, if you think you've got something that has some longevity, because it might, you know, it might be great over a longer period of time. 
So yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a good shout. You know, it's not Christmas until you see the Coke truck advert. Maybe, you know, the horses or oh, they're gearing up to start writing new emails this summer. Like, oh, yeah. they're practicing, like sharpening their, their little feet and they're all oh, getting ready. <laughs> we got a new keyboard for them as well. <laughs> Compatible yeah. with the M1 Mac, they're getting ready. <laughs> yeah. I love this. Uh, there's so, loads of mileage. Great. Yeah, there really is. I think that shows a good campaign, isn't it? That we're we'd, we'd overwork for them, and we're already coming yeah, up with yeah. ideas. Although visit Iceland if you did want to work with us. Yeah, we we'll are. Hear, we are we'll up for that. Just to be clear, we're up. Yeah, yeah, we will. We will. Are definitely. We are definitely up that. And, and, and these you... ideas, these aren't the best ideas that we'll have. We'll, we'll have no, other no. ideas as well. Yeah. We'll have. The, we just we just came up with these just in a you know in a quick moment. Anyway. I will leave you with a fantastic comment on the live stream from Ian Wilson, who said, can you imagine the briefing meeting when they were told to stop horsing around? Imagine the horses were messing about in the filming and they told them to stop horsing around. Very good. Slow claps for you, Ian. We enjoyed that. Um, thank you for everybody who attended Podcast Extra today. Um, you can listen to our previous podcast either on our High Performance Digital Marketing podcast channel or over on pretty much all podcast platforms of your choice if you search exposure ninja we will pop up don't forget you can get free website and marketing review at exposureninja.com slash review which the link is up here which is yeah yeah i am pointing to the right bit okay awesome don't forget to like this video if you learned something new and enjoyed it follow on your favorite podcast platform and hit subscribe over here because then we know that you enjoy the podcast and that you want more so yes, yes. great that was a cool. hell of an outro CTA, Jess. Good job. It was. It was indeed. I'm a pro. I'm an absolute pro. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for coming. And we will be back next week. See you later, everyone.